Hello, and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a look at popular songs of the past and dives into their history, their meaning, or any other things that might be of interest surrounding those songs. My name is Claude Cole, and I'm just some guy who's interested in this sort of thing. If you are too, and you have any suggestions or questions of your own, please feel free to email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at howgooditispod, and you can check out the website, howgooditis.com, for some additional tidbits about this show. You know, one of the things that I've always found especially delightful about the oldies is the variety of songs that can appear on the charts. For instance, in the second week of June, 1963, these were the top 10 songs in the Billboard Hot 100. Just check out how many different styles, genres, and tones there are. At number 10, we have 18 Yellow Roses by Bobby Darin, sounding a lot like Marty Robbins. 18 Yellow Roses came today. Then we have the easy listening lounge track, Hello Stranger by Barbara Lewis at number nine. We've got the remarkably depressing Still by Bill Anderson at number eight. Fortunately, at number seven, you have an antidote. It's Nat King Cole's Lazy, Hazy, Crazy Days of Summer. Fill your basket full of sandwiches and weenies. Then lock the house up. Now you're set. And on the beach, you'll see the girls in their bikinis. As cute as ever, but they never get them wet. Bobby Vinton held the number six spot with Blue on Blue. As I can be. Blue on blue. Heartache on heartache. Blue on blue. Now that we are through. Blue on blue. Al Martino's I Love You Because was at number five. The number four song in mid-June of 1963 was Da Do Run Run by The Crystals. At number three was You Can't Sit Down by The Dovells. I love that organ swell at the beginning. Have a listen. Leslie Gore just dropped out of the top spot to land at number two. And the number one song of that week, the first of three weeks in the top slot, is the subject of today's episode. 
Today we're going to look at the song Sukiyaki by Kiyu Sakamoto. But you know what, let's take a look back at that list for a moment. Look once more at the variety of stuff there. A couple of country songs, some genuine crooning, a Phil Spector tune, a song that's going to spawn a sequel later on, and it's all capped off by a song that's not even in English. You know, according to the Washington Post, who recently did an article about this, over the past 35 years, only 15 songs have made it into the top five on the Billboard charts, with the most recent being Despacito by Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee, with a little help from Justin Bieber. I've linked to that article on the website. Sukiyaki is one of the best-selling singles of all time, with over 13 million copies having been sold. In addition to spending three weeks at number one on the pop chart, it also did five weeks at the top of the middle of the road chart. Now I'm sure you realize that Sukiyaki is not really the song's title. I'm sure I'm going to butcher it because I'm taking the music out of it, but the Japanese title is Ue Omuiti Aruko, which is the first line of several of the verses, and it means, I look up as I walk. Now, while Kiyu Sakamoto is the singer of this song, he wasn't the guy who wrote it. That honor belongs to Rokosuke Ei, who wrote the lyrics, and Hachidai Nakamura, who composed the music. And there's a little bit of military history attached to this song. In 1951, a security treaty was signed between the United States and Japan. This treaty completely disarmed Japan, while at the same time giving the United States a military foothold in Asia that they didn't previously have. Basically, America was entirely responsible for Japan's defenses. In 1959, there was talk of a new treaty of mutual cooperation and security between the two nations. This treaty was called ANPO. The ANPO Treaty stirred up a lot of unrest in Japan, partly because it called for a continued U.S. military presence there. In one demonstration, about 500 people got hurt in the clash between the demonstrators and the police. But that wasn't the end of the pushback. There were protests throughout Japan that went on into 1960, even beyond the treaty's May 19th ratification date. In fact, on June 15th, there was another huge demonstration involving thousands of protesters that met with police resistance, and this time over 600 people were injured. President Eisenhower was scheduled to visit Japan a few days later, but he canceled it to Japanese government's request. Rokosuku Ii attended some of these protests, but he also saw the writing on the wall and he realized just how ineffective they were. As he walked home, he started putting together a song that vented his frustration about a man who looks up while he's walking to prevent his tears from hitting the ground. He made a few changes to turn the song into a more generic tune of Lost Love, and later on Nakamura set it to music. Kiyu Sakamoto recorded and released Ueo Muiti Aruko in 1961, and it absolutely burned up the charts in Japan. So in 1962, a British man named Louis Benjamin heard the song when he was traveling in Japan, and he had his group, Kenny Ball and his Jazzmen, record an instrumental for Pie Records that made it to number 10 on the UK charts. Now, Benjamin was worried that English-speaking audiences might find the original title too difficult to remember or even pronounce for that matter, so he gave it the new title of Sukiyaki. Sukiyaki, incidentally, is a dish consisting of thinly sliced beef or other meat that you cook slowly at the table, along with some vegetables and other ingredients. It all goes into a shallow iron pot that has a mix of soy sauce, sugar, and mirin, which is a sweet rice wine. 
so the food sukiyaki has nothing whatsoever to do with the song. In fact, a columnist for Newsweek around that time suggested that calling this song sukiyaki is a lot like reissuing Moon River in Japan under the name Beef Stew. So how did the Japanese version make it to our shores? Well, songfacts.com says they heard from a woman named Marsha Cunningham. She said that in the early 1960s, she was a high school student at the American School in Japan, and her dad was a pilot for Japan Airlines. She heard the song while watching a movie that starred Kiyu Sakamoto. She bought the record in a local store and then brought it back to the U.S. the next year when she attended a girls' boarding school in Sierra Madre. By then, her dad, who was also doing some time as a disc jockey, he was playing the Kenny Ball version, but he switched to the Japanese version when he got a hold of the record. And because he had trouble with the pronunciation, he also used the title Sukiyaki. Capitol Records finally secured the American rights to the record, and it went to the top spot for three weeks. So what is the English translation of the song? Let's listen and follow along. I look up as I walk. So that the tears don't fall. Remembering those spring days. But I am all alone tonight. I look up as I walk. Counting the stars with tearful eyes. Remembering those summer days. But I am all alone tonight. Happiness lies beyond the clouds. Happiness lies above the sky. I look up when I walk. So the tears won't fall. Though my heart is filled with sorrow. For tonight, I'm all alone. Remembering those happy autumn days. But tonight, I'm all alone. Sadness hides in the shadow of the stars. Sadness lurks in the shadow of the moon. I look up when I walk so the tears won't fall. Though my heart is filled with sorrow, but tonight I'm all alone.
So the song has been covered several times. In 1966, Jewel Akins created an English language version that's not a hard translation, but it conveys a similar sentiment. This version peaked at number 82 on the Hot 100, and I'm not sure why it only went that high, because man, this song swings. Then in 1980, the band A Taste of Honey was looking for a classic song to remake in a style similar to Linda Rodenstadt's recent cover of Ooh Baby Baby. Band member Janice Marie Johnson secured permission to write a new set of English lyrics for the song. Now there's a rumor out there that she only got permission because she agreed not to receive credit or pay for the rewrite, but I wasn't able to nail that down. However, I can tell you that the record label credits her only for the US arrangement of the music. She's not given a writing credit. And uh, there's a picture of that on the website. This version peaked at number three in 1981 and remained on the charts for 24 weeks, which makes it their most successful single. As far as Kiyu Sakamoto, well, he got to tour the world on the strength of that single, and he remained popular in Japanese music and films until about 1975. Unfortunately, he was one of the victims of the Japan Airlines flight uh, 123 crash in August of 1985. That was the second deadliest aviation accident ever. He was only 43 years old. You know, in preparing for these shows, sometimes I try out different bits on my family. And I was talking about this one with my wife, specifically the English translation of the Japanese lyrics. I think I ruined this one for her, though, because she thought of it as this jaunty, upbeat tune. But while I was preparing the audio for recording, at one point she came in the room and said to me, uh, is that that depressing Japanese song again? So, sorry, honey. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you. Next time, we're going to discover how good it is to meet the woman who's responsible for most of the Buckingham's hits. We'll see you then. <laughs>